wanted to encourage you. And when I prayed about what to speak about this morning, God said to me, tell my people that I'm about to make the crooked places straight. God is going to make the crooked places straight. That every everything that you look at, that you say that it's impossible, it's not going to happen. Sometimes you've been praying for things and believing for things for years and years, and you've just not seen it happen. In fact, everything is going the opposite way, and it looks like it will never happen. But I want to tell you that you serve a God who never leaves you, and he never forsakes you, and God will do what he said he will do. And when the time is right when the time is right and sometimes we're thinking you know what lord it's right now like i i need this right now but god knows when the right time really is because sometimes we think it's midnight and we still got in according to god god's looking at it. no 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 there, there, there's still more time there's still more time because what i've learned about god is that before god works through you or before god brings you to that place of promise god has to work in you there's stuff in you that he wants to change because god is not not building just big buildings and big ministries and big churches God wants to build big people because big people make the church you are the church and sometimes you know we're walking around and we've got hurt we've got resentment we've got bitterness we've got unforgiveness sometimes we're just we're just filled with disappointment and discouragement am I talking to anybody this morning but God says I'm gonna I'm gonna work all of that in your ways and there's a reason there's a reason sometimes that we go through what we go through. Nothing that you go through in life is ever in vain or is God going to waste it. Amen. He uses all things and he works it for our good. And for that good is that you come to the place that you become the person that God has called you to be. And I know in the natural, sometimes we watch the news and everything, everything is bad news. It just seems like there, you know, it, there, there's no good news. There seems like there, there's no, there's no way out. And, and you get to a point when you're watching it and you're hearing people and I, I'm just seeing out in the world that, that people are just angry. Have you noticed that? People are just angry. They, they're just ready to fight. They're just ready to pounce. And, you know, I just kind of, I always, when I start seeing that, I say, God, what's going on? What's going on? And God says, well, now's the time. This is the greatest time, and you don't realize it because when it's the worst of times in the world, it's the greatest of times in the church. Because I want you to think about this. You know, you and I, we've been praying for the supernatural. Amen? We've been praying for that season of, of miracles and signs and wonders and where God's presence is going to be poured out. And I want to tell you that sometimes we don't understand what we're asking when we're asking to see the supernatural. Because the supernatural, when you, walk, when you start walking in that, you have to understand, when you, have, when you need a miracle, it's because you need a miracle. If there was no need, there'd be no need for a miracle. So miracles and signs and wonders and supernatural, what that really means is when everything in the natural is depleted. When there is no way. When there is no way, when there is, when everything seems like it's an impossibility, when, when you've come to wit's end, and that means when you've exhausted everything that you can do, you know, financially, mentally, emotionally, you've done everything and you've come to the end of yourself. Well, then you've, be, you've come to the beginning of God. So here's the thing about the supernatural. The natural is what makes sense to us. 
It's the supernatural that will not make sense because the supernatural is not natural. So to understand the supernatural, to be able to see the supernatural means that you got to put your natural to the side and start walking in the spirit. So when you see the obstacles, when you see the impossibilities, that's when your spirit has to start speaking and saying, but look what God can do. That I'm going to, I'm in this world, but I'm not part of this world. That even though I'm in the worst economy that there is, that God is still going to make it rain on my land. That I'm going to start to see God truly making a way where there is no way. You know, we say these sayings in church and sometimes they, they, they become cliches, but I want to tell you something. It's true that when we don't have a way, God has already made the way. So I want to tell you in this season and in this time that God is going to do his greatest work because he's saying it's not over whose report will you believe and for how long are you going to be stuck between two opinions and I really believe that that's where we're at and we're stuck in that place that we are believing between two opinions well God I know you can but I'm not sure you will So Isaiah 42, and this is my scripture for today, Isaiah 42 and verse 16, it says this. It says, I will bring the blind by a way that they did not know, and I will lead them in paths they have not known, and I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. Now here's what he says at the end of that verse. These things I will do for them. And not forsake them. Listen to that. These things I will do for them. And I'm not going to forsake my people. What God is saying there, and I don't need the world's resources. I don't need everything to be perfect in the earth to move. I don't need your stuff. I've got, I am the God and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I own the whole earth and the fullness thereof. And so many of us, we're walking around spiritually blind because we're seeing in the natural we're seeing in the natural. And, and what God has been speaking to me lately, and I've been saying this everywhere I go, that God is, is coming to a place where he's saying this. I am releasing you out of the wilderness. I am releasing you out of the wilderness, but I'm not just releasing you out of something to let you wander in another wilderness. He says, I'm releasing you out of the wilderness, and I am releasing you into the land of of possession we are coming that song and we did not discuss what scriptures or anything that we were going to talk about going back into the enemy's camp and i'm going to take back what the enemy has stolen i'm going to go into the enemy's camp and i'm going to take back what the enemy has stolen and i want to tell you that god is about to do his greatest work in your life But you have got to believe it. You have got to open up your heart and receive it. And know that God, everything that you've said, even though I've not experienced it all, even though I may not understand it all, God, I know that you don't lie. God, I know that you don't make a promise that you don't keep. 
And so in this season, it's about radical obedience. It's about radical faith. And the radical faith is not about, you know, I'm going to go into a car, into a car dealership and, and I'm, I'm going to see that Rolls Royce and I'm going to name it. I'm going to, you know, claim it and frame it. And I'm going to get that. I'm not talking about that kind of faith. Because let me tell you what real faith is and the faith that the Bible talks about. The faith that we need is the faith of who God is. My faith is in, I believe, God, you are the God that you said you are. I believe that you're the God who heals. I believe that you're the God who provides. I believe that you're the God who heals my body, that restores all things, that everything that the enemy has stolen when he's caught, the Bible says that he's got to give back not just what he stole, but seven times more. That's where my faith is. My faith is not in people. My faith is not in things. My faith is in the God who gave his life for me and for you. Listen, when God, when God sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for us to set us free, he wasn't playing. He did that so that we can be free. That's what his blood did for us. He set us free. And the Bible says that whom the son has set free is free indeed. And so as I was in a conference one day and I was just praying and I was just, you know, recently I just wrote a book and it's in the back. If you, if you want to, if you want to purchase that, it's called don't box me in. And I'll tell you, for years and years and years, I've just kind of been dumbing down and I've been, you know, just trying to, to please people because I thought if I pleased people, then I was pleasing God because I was getting in, you know, I was helping everybody and doing what, what everybody wanted and I was serving. But yet I noticed that, that I wasn't being who God called me to be. And I was stuck in this place and, and God just started to do a work in me and I started to write this book. And I'll tell you, all hell came against me writing this book. Everything. It, it was just, I mean, everything. It was all my insecurities. Everything that, that, that I ever had an issue with, boy, it came up in writing this book. And I was in this conference, and I was just praying. And I was just saying, God, you know, I, I need provision for this thing. I, I, everything is coming against me. God, you've just, if you really wanted me and you called me to write this book, God, I, I, I believe it, but you're going to have to do it. And as I was sitting in that conference, God just began to just do a work, and it was an inner healing in me. And he said to me, he goes, Karen, do the math. And, and I went, do the math. And you know what? I realized what he was saying to me was, I'm 54 years old, and I started this thing, ministry, when I was 14 years old. Young girl, 14 years old. I was given a mic, and I was singing, and I was preaching, and I was doing all of this stuff. And I realized that 54 of 14 minus 54 minus 14, it was the number of 40. And God, God started to deal with me. He says, for these 40 years, it was a time of testing. It was a time of wilderness. But in that time of wilderness, what I learned to do was I learned how to forgive. I learned how to love. I learned how to preach. I learned how to be obedient. I learned that when God spoke something to my heart and it was so ridiculous, like go make CDs and go write a book and go do, go do a woman's conference and start doing all of these things. And man kept telling me, you can't do it. You can't do it. And I looked like a fool because I was believing God for things that just seemed impossible. But every time I stepped out in faith, God made it happen. 
And you know what? Sometimes you don't understand that the 40 years of the wilderness, God will not put you in a place that you are not ready to be. And even though you think you're ready, there was throughout those 40 years, I'm telling you, there were so many times that I really thought I was ready. I was ready to step out. I was ready to go do and, 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 and do this and do that and do everything that God had said. But there was stuff in me that God says, I'm using all the things in your life, all the betrayals and the hurts and the disappointment and the discouragement and the, the death, the sickness, the loss, the, the lack, everything in my life. God was using that for 40 years to test and to try me. But he says, you're not going to be tested and tried forever, that there will be come a day where when when you're ready when the time is right and God knows that you're ready for it that he will release you out of the wilderness and he will put you into the land of promise now I want to encourage you that just because you're in the land of promise don't think that you're never going to have another battle because the battles are always going to be there because if you think that the enemy is just going to give up and not attack you and not come against you you're wrong because Jesus said it. Jesus said it in this life. You're going to have trials and you're going to have tribulations. That's part of the walk. That's part of the walk. You know, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. So many times people in the church today, they're arguing whether we should have, you know, crosses on the wall, not have crosses on the wall. And it, there's, there's a big discouragement, but, you know, the discussion about it. But I want to tell you that the cross was never meant to be on the wall. The cross was meant to be on your shoulder, that you picked those things up. You picked that cross up and you followed Jesus and you live like Jesus lived. And every day that through sanctification, that he makes you the person that he has called you to be. And it is a dying to self. And I know that this is not popular today because we're in a day that everybody's telling you, you know, it's all about you. It's about my truth. It's about, but it's about his truth. And his truth is that I have to decrease so that he can increase in my life. And that what God wants to do in this season is he wants to give you an overflow of his presence in your life. That so many times you walk around going, God, where are you? What's happening? I don't understand. And when you can't hear God, I want to tell you that it's not that he's not talking to you. When you can't hear him, he's just saying, child, just lean in closer. When you want to say something intimate to someone, what do you do? You whisper. And so the person trying to hear that word, they have to lean in. And this is a season where you and I, we have to lean in. And what God has taught me in these last 40 years is that I don't have to worry about what people say and what people do. I don't have to worry about the finances. I don't worry about how things are going to happen. What I have to do is to do what God has told me to do. God told me to write a book. God never told me that, that I had to have, you know, that, that, I, that I had to figure out how it was going to be sold, who it was going to be sold to, how I was going to get out, who was going to publish it, who was going to edit it. I didn't have to worry about all that. God just said, I want you to be obedient to me and do what I've told you to do. 
And so many times there are things in our life that God is leading us to do. He is speaking to our hearts. Is it a business? Is it a ministry? Is it, is it evangelism? What, what is it in your life that God has been speaking to your heart? But because you've been insecure, because you've been listening to the wrong people, because you've been told that you can't do it, that you're not smart enough, that you're not good enough. What is it of those things that have kept you in a box and not gotten you out of the box to go for all that God has for you? And when you're obedient to God and you do what God has told you to do, regardless if people are laughing at you, regardless if people are calling you a fool, God sees that obedience and he says, all these crooked places, he says, I'm going to make it straight. I'm going to do this. You're not going to do this. I am going to do this for you because before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were in your mother's room, I shaped you. I spoke a word over you. I, I spoke a word that will not fail. It will not abort. I've ordained you to do and to be who I've called you to be. I've sanctified you. I've set you apart for my purpose. And so what God is saying in this day and in this hour is you need to have spiritual eyes that you can see what he's doing. And so when we see the obstacle, you know, the Bible calls us peculiar people. We're peculiar. We're strange. We don't fit in. There was an old song that my husband used to sing with his brothers. It said, we're peculiar people. Like, you know, we, 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 we laugh when we should cry. You know, we do all of these things differently than the world does. Because we are, we are, we are, we, we are in his hands and we are in this world, but we are not part of his world. Amen. And so the Lord says that I am going to bring the blind. And sometimes I think that we are the blind because we're seeing in the natural. When you only look at your circumstance in the natural, you are spiritually blind. That's why you need spiritual eyes to see what God is doing. Because when there's an obstacle in your life, it's an opportunity for God to step in there. It's an opportunity. You know, sometimes we don't realize on a daily basis how many divine opportunities that God gives us to share his word, to show his love towards people. You know, when somebody hurts you, they betray you, they lie about you, you know, you can look at that as an obstacle and you could think, you know what, I'll never forgive them. But it's really an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to love them, to show them Jesus. That's the message. Because at some point, listen, everybody faces the music. Everybody faces the music. And you can go back in time and think, you know what? I shouldn't have handled it that way. And don't think that the, the, the people that, that receive that love and forgiveness, don't think at some point that they don't come back and the Holy Spirit don't remind them, you know, you were forgiven when you didn't need to be forgiven. Every obstacle, every time that there's a season of lack, that's an opportunity for God to step in and make that way and provide supernaturally. It's just that sometimes we don't see it. 
And he says, I'm going to bring the blind by a way that they don't know in paths that they don't know. See, this is what it is to walk in the supernatural. It, it, it goes against the natural. It's why you and I cannot rely on our own understanding. We can't rely on our own abilities. We can't rely on our gifts because what God is doing is something that he's saying, I'm doing a new thing. What is a new thing? A new thing simply means it's not the old thing. That I am switching things up and I need my people to walk in the spirit and be sensitive to the spirit. That's why we can never neglect the Holy Spirit. That's why we always have to have the Holy Spirit to, you know, David said it, please do whatever you got to do, God, but don't take your presence. Don't take your spirit from me. You know, people, the world will tell you, just trust your heart. Follow your heart. But the Bible says, don't trust your heart because your heart is deceitful. You can't trust your heart because your heart is your feelings and your emotions and your emotions and your feelings will lie. They will lie. But I, I, I always call the Holy Spirit. He's my gut. He's my conscience. He will never lie. He will never lie. And when you ask him to show you truth, when you ask him, lead me and guide me in this situation, what do I do? Some of you have got major decisions to make, and you can't make those decisions in your own wisdom and in your own strength. So you need to start relying on the Holy Spirit in these days and in these times to rely on the Holy Spirit that God is doing something new, and I've got to get into his presence to be able to hear him to be able to see him and to be able to follow him. And I will tell you this, that when God begins to speak to you, he's going to start speaking to you and telling you to do things that will not make sense to your flesh. And there is a struggle that goes on in our lives between our flesh and our spirit, between our natural and our supernatural. And the supernatural sometimes, it is so hard because it doesn't make sense to what is natural. It goes against the grain. And what God is saying in these days and times that I want my people to get into my flow and out of man's flow. Get out of man's flow. Stop doing things by tradition. Sometimes we just follow tradition. Sometimes it's like, well, this is the way we do church, and this is the way we do evangelism, and this is the way I do this, and this is the way I do that. But God is saying, your traditions are wonderful, but without a purpose, they're nothing but a trap. They're nothing but a trap. That's why God is saying, I want my people, let them who have an ear to hear, let them hear. And in the book of Psalms, it says that we will never be ashamed. God will never allow us to be ashamed for believing in him. By doing what he said for us to do. He will, I mean, it might look like for a while that you might look like a fool. You might have egg on your face. You might look like you're crazy. But when all is said and done, God is never going to let his child look like a fool for believing him. Because when, when we put our hands, God is able to keep that which we commit to him. And when we commit our walk and our lives and our hearts and our family and our, and our finances, everything, our children, everything that pertains to him, when we are able to commit all of that and leave that in God's hands and say, God, this is your problem. 
I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. God says, okay. Once you put it in God's hands, let him have control. Let him have the control. And I know that sometimes, you know, you're going around, you're going down the, you know, the highway in the bus and everything is working out and everything is good and it's all working. And then all of a sudden, God inevitably, he will take a hard left. He will take a hard left. Things in your life will absolutely go south. You start praying for your unsaved child. You start praying for your unsaved loved ones. And immediately as you start praying, what happens? You get that phone call and everything in that situation, it just became 10 times worse. And sometimes the devil will even speak to you. See, I told you not to pray about those things. It was better off the way it was. But sometimes things have got to fall apart so that they fall into place. Because sometimes we think that our houses are built on such a rock, but God sees the cracks in the foundation. He sees those things. And what God is going to do, God, with God, when he starts working in your life, there's going to be nothing lacking. There's going to be nothing missing. There's going to be nothing broken. Every crack, God doesn't, God doesn't condemn it. But God, what he does is he starts to pull things down. He starts to even things out. And he goes back to those places where your foundation has been cracked. And he starts to build that foundation again. So that you can come back stronger. Because I will tell you in the land of promise, there are so many blessings. There are so many things. And, and this is something that I learned too. That you know what? It was David. When David was, was, was a young boy and he was following Saul and Saul was hunting him like a dog. David did everything right when he was under pressure. He did everything right. When he could have killed Saul, he didn't kill Saul. When he was under that pressure, it kept him straight. It kept him in line. But once he became king and he was in, you know, he was sitting on the throne and everything was great. There came a day where the king should have been out in, out in the war. And David said, you know what? I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a break. I, I don't need to be there. And David pulled himself out of position because why? The battle wasn't as strong. So if the devil if he can't press you and destroy you in that way, then what he does is he takes his hand off and he allows you to have some success. And then he gets you, he crowns you and he gets you in, this, in, in, in the moment of your success. David messed up. That's where he should have been out in war. And that's the day that he saw Bathsheba and then everything turned from that day. So that's why God, what he does is he keeps you in the land of wilderness because he begins to teach you things. He begins to teach you principles and patterns. He, he, he develops, you know, everybody wants the gifts of the spirit. I want to heal. I want to prophesy. I want to lay hands on. I want to do this. I want to do that. And yet you've got all these gifts, but you have no fruit. And I want to tell you that the fruit of the spirit is much more important than the gifts of the spirit because the fruit is the gas that makes the gifts work. It's like a car. You can't run your car. You have a beautiful car. But if you don't put gas in that car, that car is not going to run. So your gift can make room for you, but your character is going to keep you. And so we talk a lot in the church about the battle, about fighting, about doing this and doing that and, and, and staying. But we don't talk about how to be prepared and how to handle success. 
And I want to tell you that your present condition is not your conclusion. That God is going to release you out of this out of this season of confusion, out of this season of wandering, out of this season of, of just trial after trial after trial. And he's going to bring you in that good place. But he's going to do it by paths that you don't recognize, by ways that you don't know. Because in this season and in these last days and these times that we are living in, what is so important is that you and I are living and being led by the Holy Spirit. That in him I live and I move and I have my being. Everything I do is about the presence of God being released in my life. That I can feel him. That I want to feel the weight of his presence that I want to be led and you're sitting there going with well, that's just impossible I don't think that, I don't think that I could do that I let me tell you something when you ask you will receive when you seek you will find him because he cares about you he cares and he loves you his love goes beyond any limit there is nothing that you can do. There is nowhere that you can go that his love will separate you from it. He's a faithful, faithful God. And he's going to take all these dark places and he is going to bring the light on it. If you haven't noticed, this season has been a season of exposure. Things have had gotten so messy and so ugly, but God is beginning to shed light on everything. You can't hide nothing in the presence of God. You can't hide everything right now. We are in a glorious time because God is showing light on the darkness. God is exposing things. And sometimes things have got to get really messy before they get cleaned up. Because it's through that mess. Like you think about it when you clean a closet out. You go into that closet and you find things that you've hidden there that have been there for years. Clothes that don't fit that will never ever fit. Okay. You, you know, like things, you know, from, from your child, all of everything. It's all in the closet and you start to clean it out. And as you start to clean it out, you know, you, you bring this out, you bring that out. And all of a sudden you turn around and your whole other room that was clean is a complete mess now because all that stuff is there. Right? Anybody could have a clean closet? You don't know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you didn't do that, that closet could have never been clean. Now what God does is he starts to sort through the mess. And he says, this was part of your past, and you don't need this anymore, so we're going to throw it out. We're going to get rid of this. Oh, do you remember this? Do you remember this word that I spoke to you that hasn't happened? We're going to take that, and we're going to put it back here, because this is something I want you to hold on to. And God begins to sort the stuff out so that you have a new, clean closet. You got rid of that old stuff because God is starting to bring new stuff. The problem is that sometimes you look at stuff and it brings back a memory and you're trying to hold on. You're trying to hold on to what the past was and the way things were. And you're thinking that God, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it this way or that way because that's the way he did it yesterday. But God's saying, I'm not doing anything the same. I'm not, I am not on your program. You've got to get into alignment with me. And I think the church, with, with the extreme faith messages, is that we've been telling God, you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm asking? Now, you need to get into alignment with me because I'm decreeing and I'm declaring this. 
And yet, we got to reverse that and say, God, whatever my agenda was, whatever I thought you should do, whatever I wanted you to do, whatever, however I thought you were going to do it, God, I give that all to you. We've got to put God in the driver's seat. And I have to get into alignment with what God wants. What I want doesn't matter. Who I am, it doesn't matter. Because you know what? God's got a version of me that is so much better that no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for me. So I don't want what I want because you know what? Like King Saul, they wanted a king. We want a king. We want to be like everybody else. And God is saying, but I don't want you to be like everybody else. You are my people. I want to be your king. And if you let me be your king, you are never, you're never going to, you know, be, you're never going to fail. You're never going to go without. But we want a king. We want a king. God, we know better. You get into alignment with us because this is what we want. And God had to say, okay, you want a king? Here's the king. And they got Saul. Where's the lesson in that? That sometimes God can give you what you want, and then you realize once you got what you want, you don't want what you got. Just say it a little bit slower in your head if you didn't get it. There are times in my life that now I look back. I look back at, after 40 years, and I say, thank you, God, that you didn't listen to me. Thank you, God, that you didn't let that happen. Because I know I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't mature enough for it. I couldn't have handled the blessing. The blessing could have destroyed me. But because of your love, because of your protection, that you love me so much that you're not going to do anything to harm me. Because your plan, you made a plan for me. And that plan is a good plan. And it's not to hurt me. And it's not to harm me. And you are going to do everything a good father does. And you're going to protect me from the enemy and also me. Sometimes the things that you think that God didn't answer your prayer, it's not because he didn't love you. It's because he loved you so much. Those people that rejected you and hurt you and walked out on you and you thought, my God, what's wrong with me? Why don't you love me? And God is saying, listen, they weren't the right people. Let them go. They didn't walk away from you. I took them out of your life. I took them out of your life because I love you. And while we're trying to, you know, Fit in the box and be ordinary. This is why you're miserable. This is why you're stuck. You're trying to be ordinary. And God says, no, you are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. I have made you the head and not the tail. I've made you above and not beneath. I told you you were going to be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. But when you listen to man, when you follow your own instincts, when you follow your own way, when you're trying to get God to get into alignment with you, it's going to make you miserable. If you want the joy of the Lord to be your strength, that's when you say to God, God, I surrender all, everything I am, everything I want, everything I think. God, take it. Take it. It's yours. I release it to you. And as you release it to him, he releases you from wilderness. And then he releases you into promise. 
he releases you into promise. But before you get into the land of promise and things start to manifest, you've got to be free in here. You've got to be free in here. In your mind, and your heart, the Israelites, they were released out of bondage. They were no longer slaves, but yet they were slaves here. And they were slaves here. And it took God 40 years to get Egypt out of their hearts and out of their minds. To convince them that they were not what they went through. They were not what they were told. It took them 40 years. That's why God brought them to the, the, the bitter waters of Marah. Because he was releasing all of those toxins. All of that life. He says, I am your God. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul. With all your mind. With all your strength. And you will not have another God before me. Because God wants you to know. He alone is God. He alone is God. And there is no other way to our Father but through His Son, Jesus Christ. And He, you know, there was no way. We had the law. There was no way that any one of us could keep that law. So He sent His Son. That now we don't have to make the sacrifice. Now the only sacrifice that He tells us is to bring the sacrifice of praise. To offer yourself, to give yourself to him. Because Jesus made a way where there was no way. And if God went to that extreme to do that, then what, then what else won't he do in your life? So I want to encourage you today that no matter how crooked your places look, God is going to make those crooked places straight. And we've got to put ourselves in his hands and allow God to say, okay, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat, God. And whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, I'm going to trust you. And I want to encourage you with this last thing. Sometimes we say, God, I'm holding on to you. I'm holding on to you. But sometimes we can go through things in our life where we can say, I don't know if I can hold on anymore. I don't know if I could hold on, God. Well, I want to encourage you. If you're in that place, don't you worry about that. Because God is holding on to you. We hold on to God, yes. But more importantly, God is holding on to you. And he showed that to me in a very, very simple way. We were in Disney World. Years ago, and my son, he was a daughter. I mean, he saw something, he ran. And so we got to the place that I would say, Charlie, hold daddy's hand. And so Charlie would grab onto his father's hand, and inevitably, he would see something, and he would dart. But you know what? His daddy's hand had him. He was in his daddy's stronghold, and that child wasn't going anywhere even when he wanted to. That's why so many times you and I, we've wanted to give up. We've wanted to walk away. I can't tell you how many times 
that I've been so discouraged in ministry because I would see with my eyes, where are the people, God? Where is the fruit? What, what is happening? And I would say, you know what? It's just not worth it. What's the point of doing this? And as I'm saying it, I'm getting up, I'm getting dressed, and I'm driving to church. You know what that is? And you've done it too. That's the word that he spoke to you while you were in your mother's womb. That's the word. That's why he says, I hold my word higher than my name. Because God put his money where his mouth was. He put it in writing. I learned that in writing a book. That once you put it in print, you can't take it back. Once you put it on the internet, you can't delete it. Even when you do delete it, it will show up. Because the written word, it's powerful. And that's why each and every one of us, you need to know this word. David said, I have placed this word, I've hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I've got to have his word in my heart, in my life. I can't depart from his word. Every jot until every, everything, every period, every comma, every word is truth. Whether I understand it, whether I've experienced it, it's still true. And that's why, you know, you don't want you. Everybody talks about the last days. People are going to be deceived. I want to tell you with the Holy Spirit and God's word. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal the mysteries of God's word. And when he begins to reveal that to you, you will not be deceived. Because he will speak to you. So when things look like they're impossible. And things people look like they're not getting saved or I'm not getting healed or I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. God. Let me tell you something. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have his word. He's holding on to you. He said in his word, I will do this thing. I will do it. So stop trying. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to make sense. Because that's how you're getting stuck. Worship. Worship. You don't need CDs. You, you, don't, you don't need a leader. You can just worship. You don't have to be a good singer. The Bible says just make a joyful noise. Just worship him. Seek him. Who he is. Not just what people say about him. Know him for yourself. He will not hide himself from anyone who comes to him. He wants you to have a relationship with him. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. Father, we just thank you today for this word. Lord, I ask you today, God, that you would just touch your people in such a powerful and strong way. Lord, I lift up every broken heart, every discouraged person, everybody that's come to the place that they're at wit's end and it just looks impossible. 
Father, I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would just right now just penetrate their heart, that you would just flood them right now with your peace, with your wisdom, with your assurance, that you will not leave them, that you will not forsake them, that you will do what you said that you will do, Father. Lord, right now, God, we lift up every unsaved child, every unsaved loved one, co-worker, friend, Father God. Lord, all of those hard and impossible situations, Father, we pray right now, God, Lord, that anyone who, who, who is praying for somebody to get saved, that Holy Spirit, that you would go to that person and you would just begin to penetrate their hearts, Father God, that you would just make them real, Father God. Holy Spirit, go into those places that no one else will go to and just, just spread your truth, Lord God, and shine your truth out upon those people, Father. Lord, for those that have lacked today, God, Father, I pray spiritual, supernatural provision for them, Father. Lord, those that are struggling in their bodies, God, we declare healing to them right now, Father. Lord, you are the God who makes a way where there is no way. That God, that you will take every crooked place, every crooked marriage, every crooked mindset, Father, every crooked heart, Father God, and you would make it straight for your honor and for your glory, Father. And Lord, right now, if there's anyone who is listening by Facebook or that's here today that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Father, I pray right now, God, that you would just touch their heart, Lord, that you would just begin to reveal to them, Father, who you are and your love for them and what you have done for them, Father. Set the captive free, Father. We just praise you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We worship you. We bless you, God. Can we just stand and sing that song?